Hi everyone. Good morning, good evening, namaste. Hola, bonjour and marhaban. This is Namya Joshi, your host for the day. Welcome to episode 34 of the podcast Each One Teach 10 An Amazing World of STEM. An inspiring venture where we'll be discussing that STEM is a part of every day for every kid. We all will learn together how to build a STEM culture. Well, let's have our special guest of the day, Mr. Jeff Remington, here with us. Thank you so much, Namya. Thank you, Mr. Jeff. So, how are you doing today? I am doing wonderful. It's a beautiful sunny day, cold winter day, but a beautiful sunny day. That sounds so good. So, before we start, I would take this opportunity of introducing Mr. Jeff to you all. <laughs> He is one of the top 50 Global Teacher Prize awardee, and has recently retired from 35 years of teaching secondary STEM in in the Palmyra School District in Pennsylvania. His educational career has been focused on developing STEM uptake and achievement, both in his school and throughout Pennsylvania. So our audience here are eagerly waiting to know more about you. So can you please tell about yourself? Sure. Yeah. So um, I live near the sweetest place on earth, Hershey, Pennsylvania. So if you've ever had Hershey chocolate, um, that's just down the street from us. Um, two days ago, as you said, I retired from 35 years of teaching. The last two years of teaching through the pandemic, which has been wonderful. challenging but wonderful to to really have empathy for teachers that are teaching through the pandemic right now we need to give them lots of love uh, i've been very blessed to have a wonderful wife helen who's also a stem teacher uh, who supported me and uh, been a role model and example in her teaching and how she lives her life i uh, had a lot of support networks to help me make it through 35 years of teaching in the stem classroom and it is in the very inspirational to look, to see and to read and to know about your journey thank you thank you so much so my first question to you which i'm very curious about is what exactly according to you is design thinking okay design thinking is wonderful design thinking is uh empathetic engineering uh it really was brought about by tim brown uh and others from Stanford University uh he's the one that's pretty much uh credited with it so design thinking is iterative problem solving rooted in creativity but most importantly in empathy um it's really understanding problems that people have or organizations have uh by listening to them interviewing them putting yourself in their position and then trying to solve problems to me it's the evolution of the scientific method uh it's more representative of how scientific research actually is applied in the real world um and if you're not familiar with design thinking you should certainly google it to find out more about it but there's five basic stages to it there's the empathy stage where um the person or the student that's trying to solve the problem really gets to know the problem through research through interviewing people um that are concerned about the problem there's the define phase that's where um if i were interviewing you about a problem you had um i would listen to your answers and then i would restate your answers 
so that you would understand that I have an understanding of what the problem is. And then the last three stages are iterative, and that's ideation, prototyping, and testing. So ideation would be, I would come up with lots of creative ideas quickly uh, to see if I could solve the problem. Uh, and then I would prototype, come up with solutions to the problem, and test them out, see which ones work and which ones don't work. And this can be applied to physical products um, or processes, behaviors, anything. It's just a great problem solving tool. And to me, it is fundamental in STEM education that we learn design thinking and apply it. And I cannot agree more with that because I've always seen that this method encourages students to address the challenges, like you said, with a sense of empathy and they are viewing a problem through the eyes of someone actually confronting it. And to this um, a network and teamwork, ideas and can be approached and then they can basically turn them into physical prototypes. And then, as you said, test and evaluate it. So that's really lovely to know that how we can go step by step to the stages of design thinking and overcome the problems that we face through our own creativity. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Thank you. So if I uh, talked about design thinking, you basically answered that in a really beautiful way. I want to know more about how does design thinking play a role in STEM education? Okay, well, I'll give you an example. In, in my teaching, I teach three different levels of STEM, but in my um, second level of design of, of STEM education, uh, I put my students in working teams of three. And those students sit at a working table for 30 days. They are not there because they're friends with each other. I select them based on some profile surveys to make sure the three people at the table are about as opposite from each other as they can be in how they work and how they think to simulate the real life work environment. We don't go to work with our best friends and hang out all day in game. We, we are hired by employers for the different strengths uh, and talents we bring to the table. And we have to learn how to work together as a team. So that's how I start off. So in my STEM level two course, students are in an entrepreneurial team, a design thinking team, and they are challenged to build a box top mini golf course for other students in the room. So they're not building this box top mini golf course for themselves, they're building it for other students. So there's where the design thinking comes into play. They start off by interviewing their student clients and ask them, what would you like in your box top mini golf course? What would you like it to do? What would you like the par to be? What elements would you like to have in it? Um, and then after that, then students um, go through the definition phase and they restate back to their student clients, this is what we understand you want in your box top mini golf course and they write a work contract, just like you would in the real world. Um, and then from then they have about 20 days to go from idea to reality in delivering the box top mini golf course that their clients want. Um, the box top mini golf courses all must include a working micro bit um, that either, you know, powers different elements, windmills or devices in the box top mini golf course, or says an encouraging message or plays music. And then all box top mini golf courses must have something called an LED pressure sensor. So when the ball goes in the hole, 
it lights up the LED so that everyone knows the ball went in the hole. So um, in the three iterative stages, uh, and that is ideation, prototype, and testing, for 20 days, uh, my students pull their hair out as they try and get the golf courses and all the elements in it to work to the specifications of their clients. Uh, and design thinking teaches them to um, fail, recover, and move on. So it really has that grit, that perseverance, and that growth mindset. And me as a teacher, uh, I don't really give them any help. They want they want to know just show me how to do it, Mr. Rem. Show me how to do it, and I just smile. Uh, and they get frustrated, but in the end, they pull it off. And the joy they have from figuring it out on their own is absolutely amazing. So um, we even with our working groups, we use um, our own created workflow management software, similar to what companies would use. A lot of companies use a product by Atlassian called Jira to track how their daily workflow is among the team. And we've created one from Google Spreadsheets that the, that the kids use. So it's as close to authentic, real-life entrepreneurship tech startup as you're going to get in the classroom. And the kids love it. Right. And I really love all the ideas that you share because they're all such beautiful design thinking models that apply to STEM. And they're basically requiring the discipline of knowledge from each of the concepts like science, technology, engineering, mathematics, where they're, like you said, learning how to work together. And it's not like they're best friends and they can work about each other and can do everything that you want. But you're coming out of the comfort zone um, doing it with somebody you're not knowing and then coming to know them is like a really good opportunity to collaborate and then come to know how the other person works and like we have one of uh, my teachers Ms. Gizadoa and she says that that's life where we fail recover and move on absolutely absolutely it's funny when I put my students in their groups for the first time they they don't even want to talk to each other for a week or two and then by the end, they are they are a very cohesive team getting the job done, which is amazing. Right. So I have another question over here that I would love to hear from you about uh, your work as a classroom STEM teacher in Palmyra. And you collaborated with schools in St. Mark, Haiti. So can you tell us about the project of yours? Oh, yes, absolutely. OK, so first I'll tell you about Haiti. Haiti is the poorest country in the Western Hemisphere. It's a Caribbean island um, of a larger island called the island of Hispaniola. And the Dominican Republic is on the east side and Haiti is on the west side. Um, the poorest of the poor in the Western Hemisphere reside in Haiti. So nearly 20 years ago, I was fortunate to receive a national award in the United States called the Presidential Award for Excellence in Mathematics and Science Teaching, where you get to meet the president at the White House. It's, it's a pretty, pretty big deal. Um, and as part of that reward, you get nearly $10,000 that you could use any way you want to promote STEM education. And uh, I knew a great doctor who came from Haiti, Dr. Rodrigue Mortel, who, works at the, who worked at the Penn State Hershey Medical Center. He had schools in Haiti. And I said, boy, let's, let's use the money that I have as startup money um, to get hands-on STEM going at your school. So with that startup money, uh, we were able to raise nearly $100,000 for the schools 
and build and supply two um, STEM classrooms, science laboratory classrooms, and two computer classrooms. We got uh, the students involved at, uh, at my school and in my school district. And even I, I teach at a local college. I even got my college uh, graduate students involved in helping uh, support the kids in Haiti. We created about 20 years ago, something called a wiki, which they don't even exist anymore. Um, but wikis were an online sharing platform that we used it as an education platform uh, or a learning software management platform. So today uh, people might hear of things called Schoology, Edmodem, um, what else, Canvas. There's, there's lots of education platforms out there. My kids and I, we were doing it before those things even existed. We were doing this stuff before Facebook even existed. And our kids would create lessons and content, uh, both synchronously and asynchronously up in Palmyra near Hershey. Uh, and then kids down in St. Mark could access them and do the lessons. And they would show us back the lessons that they were doing and then also have cultural exchanges, Skype exchanges. Uh, we even got Intel uh, Corporation on board and they were very generous. Intel had something called their Intel Education Service Corps which are Intel employee volunteers from around the world, um, swooped into St. Mark, Haiti for a week and did a lot of training, infrastructure work. Um, so it's, it's been great. And probably the biggest achievement over 20 years is seeing the alumni of the students that have passed through the program. Probably most notable is um, one of our students named Madsen, who's in his probably his late 20s right now. He developed his own startup entrepreneurial tech company called DACLA, which helps navigate um, healthcare during, uh, during COVID. He creates apps and things that uh, people all over Haiti can use uh, to get uh, quality or you know, good, good healthcare to, to help navigate through, uh, through COVID. So it's been a blessing to be able to be involved in this. Wow, that's really a lovely project of yours, Mr. Jeff. And um, I was just say this thing that when we are having something good in our mind to change something, like you got the money and you put that for making a difference in some city and that gave good results back is when we understand that we're going for the good and we're doing for the good and that's how we get great results. We always got to pay it forward. We always got to pay it right. forward. And you are certainly doing this podcast, so that's great. Thank you so much. So I would like to ask you that, whom do you admire the most? Who do I admire the most? Oh my goodness. Uh, I have so many mentors uh, in, in my life that I admire very much. My wife, uh, I mentioned Dr. Rodrigue Mortel, uh, who grew up poorest of the poor in Haiti, um, did not even have a house to live in, was homeless for a time uh, and overcame, talk about perseverance and grit, um, to become a world-renowned cancer surgeon and helped found the Penn State Medical Center here in Hershey, Pennsylvania, and then gave back, paid it forward, and built schools in Haiti. So um, he he's probably one of my one of my top heroes and, and quite an inspiration. That's so great to know, and I'll always keep that in my mind. Everybody always got to pay it forward. That's yes. how we transform ourselves. Absolutely. 
So do you love to experiment digital tools and learn how to inspire creativity in every student using STEM and game-based learning? Yeah, well, as a matter of fact, we are fortunate in our school district or the school district that I retired from to be a one-to-one -one iPad Apple school district. So all of our students have Apple iPads that they use in the education process. Um, and I found out from being involved in the Global Teacher Prize, it seems like most of the rest of the world is, is Microsoft, in, in tune with Microsoft. But uh, here in the US, Apple is, is a big product. So my students um, spend their three years of STEM learning to code with Swift programming language. So Swift is the language of Apple. So Apple products on the back end um, use Swift coding. And we love it because Swift coding is more like the real world coding. It's line coding. It's not block coding. So students have um, can experience syntax errors. They can experience logic errors. Uh, and they write lines and lines and lines of code. Uh, so they fail and fail often, but then, uh, you know, it's that whole perseverance, that growth mindset to figure out where in the lines of code their, their bug was uh, to fix it and to move on and, and to see the great things that it can do. Swift Playground also interacts with things that we use in our classroom, like the microbit. People use microbits all over the world, but they may not realize that you can code microbits with Swift and Python and other things. Uh, and we also have EV3 robots from Legos, uh, and we use Swift to program our EV3 robots as well. So we, we love our technology. That's so great to know that students are learning different programming languages, like you talked about Swift, where we're doing real-world coding to solve real-world problem. And when you talked about fixing the issues, like I cannot agree more with that because when I like doing my coding and I have to check out like my program is not working, but then the error is just a syntax error. And that issue is like, you know, putting the call and you know, doing such a thing. Now do we have like certain, uh, you know, automatic things that talk about you have not put a colon, but like when you're typing the code entirely yourself, then it does become a big deal to check where you've done wrong. But that's how we all learn. Absolutely. It really promotes attention to detail. If you're talking about a colon that's misplaced, that's attention to detail. <laughs> right. I cannot agree more. So um, do you uh, love to experiment and incorporate coding as well in STEM classes? Like you talked about Swift coding. So can you tell us about this as well? Yeah, I mean, really, for the most part, it's it's Swift. It's, um, you know, we, we just use a lot of different programs with Swift. And Swift has uh, an app that uh, I, I think it's only available on iOS devices, Apple devices. But if you have an Apple device um, and you can go to the Apple store, you want to download Swift. And there is um, lots of different modules within Swift. But the one that we like is called Learn to Code. So there's a Swift Learn to Code 1, Learn to Code 2, and it teaches you everything you know need to know about coding, starting from commands to for loops to logical operators, conditional coding, um, algorithms. It just uh, really instills uh, the computational thinking that, uh, that students need, and I think everybody needs just to solve problems in life. 
Right. So this scoring, like, is basically when we can understand how, or in cooperation with STEM, like, we already have technology in it, and we do have engineering. So when we are involving science and maths, that's when I guess scoring becomes the most interesting. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, yes. Right. So uh, in the end, I'll, I I have this question that. Uh, tell about uh, some STEM programs that would provide opportunities for teachers um, to learn new STEM projects, and then they can bring that STEM content to their classrooms, because that's a really vital thing that we require in many countries in today's world. Okay, well, I'll tell you, a STEM program that has recently captivated me is one from our state. It's from Penn State University, which is a major university, um, Penn State's a national world leader in research in the STEM fields. They have uh, Nobel laureates in math, in science. They're ranked in the top 25 U.S. research institutions. They've leveraged over a billion dollars in research. Uh, and they're one of two universities in Pennsylvania that uh, have land, sea, sun, and space grants. So the program that Penn State has is called CSATS, C-S-A-T-S. -S. So you'll have to Google it, CSATS in Penn State. Um, it is the Center for Science and the schools. And here's what CSATS does. CSATS connects teachers to these world-renowned researchers in every field you can imagine and helps teachers bring not only the practice that these researchers conduct every single day, but also their discoveries. And it helps infuse their world-class knowledge into K-12 schools all over the place. Um, just an absolute amazing experience. So I would say to sum up what I've seen CSATs do is this. It works on a continuum where in a classroom you can have contrived learning. Contrived learning might be a cookbook chemistry lab where you're mixing all the ingredients and you know exactly what the outcome is going to be and it's going to be smooth. Okay. So contrived things that, you know, aren't quite the real world and authentic. What's an authentic researcher doing? What's an authentic coder doing? What's an authentic um, engineer doing? So what CSATS does is they move teachers along the continuum from contrived learning experiences, which most schools have rested in that zone for decades and pushes them to authentic learning. What, what are we really doing in entrepreneurship and innovation around the world? That's what CSATS does. So to me, that's what I'm, I'm all about that. I'm all about giving my kids the most ex authentic experience they can have, because that's really what you need for workforce development. In the real world, we don't do contrived things. We do things real and authentic. I That's so agreeable. And I love this opportunity. And I am sure people listening to us here, especially teachers listening to us here, will surely go forward and connect towards uh, renowned researchers. Because what could be best to learn from the best researchers so that you can imply that knowledge in your classrooms? And it's not just like learning from them, you're passing on what you learn from them to the students who can now uh, bring upon that knowledge to other people. And that's how the chain keeps on continuing. Absolutely, couldn't agree more.
Thank you. So if I have your permission, can I also show a few comments that I've uh, tuned in? Over sure, here? absolutely. Right. And if you also have uh, some questions for Mr. Jeff, you can also drop them in the chat box. So uh, first of all, we had Miss Monica Joshi, who's looking pretty much forward for this episode. Thank then you. Then we so have much. my uh, school's principal, Mr. Babinda Gogia. Thank you so much for joining, ma'am. Thank you. We also have Mr. Mark Smithivis. Thank you so much for joining, sir. Oh, good morning from the Windy City. Go Cubs. And that was my teacher, Ms. Gita Dua. Thank you so much for joining, ma'am. Thank you. Then uh, we also have Ms. Um, Deepin Dash. Thank you so much for joining, ma'am. Thank you. And here is uh, one of uh, my fellow friends, uh, Riyadh. And um, he's like always there for my podcast. So thank you so much for joining. Right, so we have um, people joining and these, there are many comments from them. So if you have any more questions, you can uh, write them in the chat box. Um, until that time, uh, okay. Uh, Ms. Kitadu was asking that is CSTS global? Uh, there, there are elements of it that would be, you can check the website and it's actually CSAT, C-S-A-T-S. CSATs. And then if you Google CSATs and Penn State, you can go to the website and you can see all they have to offer. They have some free online things right there. They have a free online uh, COVID course for students. Thank you so much for answering that. So I'd love to know that where can we find you online so that people watching this live can connect you? Oh, that'd be great. So um, Every day on two online social media platforms, I start uh, my day for the followers with a growth mindset quote of the day, help energize them. And then I vet uh, the very latest STEM and education um, articles and post them. So uh, if you want to find those every day, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Cyrem, that is the at sign, and then SCI underscore REM, so at Cyrem on Twitter. And then if you Google Jeff Remington on LinkedIn, um, you can find me on LinkedIn. Thank you so much for joining, sharing that. And I also dropped that in the chat box for people to refer to it. And also after the stream ends, I'm going to add that to the description box as well people to keep on checking it out. Thank you so much. Great, thank you. So before we end, is there any message that you would like to give to the audience watching us? I, I would say, you know, as I just retired up to 35 years in the classroom, people have been kind and commenting on how impactful um, the career I had in the classroom was. And reflecting on that, I, I believe that success is due to my lack of ambition to climb the ladder. I never really wanted to climb the ladder. All I wanted to do is show up in the classroom every day and make this day better than the day before, which is totally growth mindset. Um, and then after a while, people started to notice that. And that reminds me of 
the book Ikigai that is basically talking about your purpose that you have in life wherein you have a reason to get up in a day where you can make this day better than the previous one absolutely. and you have your purpose you can do anything that you want with your purpose absolutely thank you so before we end there's this quote that i really admire that is stem is so important because it ignites the imagination and sets the soul on fire it allows students to create endless ideas and it allows them to explore the world through their own fingertips be it coding or be it any way to stem and game based learning i couldn't agree more and you and this podcast is really going to make that a reality around the world thank you so much uh, i really appreciate it so much that you have taken your time out to join us here today and interact with our audience here so thank you so much mr jeff for your time thank you so much so thank you everyone for joining us live and listen to this episode i'll see you on the next one till then each one teach them have a nice day and see you soon